This is Tim Zhu. I'm Sky Nicholson. This is me, Anderson Silva. This is Jeff Benning. This is Showtime. Hi, this is Eddie Hearn. G'day, this is Jason Maloney. Hey, I'm Nikita Zhu. This is Shotgun Tatno Connor. This is Liam Pyro. On the Punch Podcast. Yeah, episode 46 today. Let's get into it. The Punch Podcast with Jay, and it starts for you now. And uh, look, if you missed the last episode, have a scroll back. Benjamin Bomber calling out Nikita Zoo since then confirmed. May 24, the Royal Rumble. Margaret Court Arena, No Limit Boxing, touching down for the first time in Melbourne and uh, got a, quite an event happening there. Obviously, Parker as well, Joseph Parker, going to be in Australia for another heavyweight bout as he tries to crawl his way back to that top spot. So, uh, yeah, get around that fight card. It looks pretty good. So, uh, all the details you'll find there at No Limit's website. But this weekend, another massive one. Canelo Alvarez back in his hometown of Guadalajara, Mexico, and uh, he's taken on John Ryder. It just so happens that one of our favourite Aussie boxers seems to be on the undercard of that one and uh, that is the one and only Stevie Spark big fan of Stevie uh, we seem to get him onto this podcast wherever he is around the world so we always thank him for his time but I think it's time we touch down in Guadalajara Mexico you just never know where you're going to find this guy around the town isn't he, he could be anywhere in the world just taking on the biggest challenges I'm talking about the one and only Viking Stevie Spark Welcome back to the Punch Podcast. Thanks for having me on, mate. It's bloody great. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We'll take the fights wherever they are. <laughs> Which I love because I saw when this announced, I saw, I think I texted you and I was like, wow, look at, look at this. And you're just like, mate, 50,000 crazy Mexicans is going to be awesome. Like, uh, like bring it on. Like then where some people are like, oh, look, it might be a bit, bit iffy going over there, but no, like give it to the Viking. Nah, it's bloody great, mate. Matchroom have been good to deal with and, and Canelo promotion. So it's good to, you know, be a part of a good crew that are great to deal with. And, you know, they just provide the best opportunities available for us fighters. And um, it's up to us to, you know, jump at that and take it with both hands. Before we go, I guess, too deep into this fight and then your next opponent and everything we've got going over there, obviously we saw what happened over in um, in America with Montana Love. And did you think that there was going to be more from them, obviously, being the, the winner? You'd, you'd, you'd hope so. But but just where did that sit after that? Uh, look, we literally heard nothing. There was no talks of a rematch, no talks of visiting that fight again. So we just sort of waited for uh, match room and... Eddie Hearn to sort of give us the green light on which direction we were heading. So, you know, I had the rest of that year off and ticked away. And then, um, yeah, the start of the year got going and we were just waiting for a fight. And this is the first one that was sent to us on offer. And obviously we jumped at it. So um, here we are, Guadalajara, we're ready to rumble. (laughs) Did you think you'd be on a Canelo undercard with 50,000 Mexicans? What do you think your follow-up to a Montana Love fight was going to be? No, I actually didn't think this. No, (laughs) it's so crazy, this sport. It can literally take you around the world and take you anywhere, you know. Always said hard work and sacrifice, dedication, and all of the things above can take you anywhere in this sport. You know, I, I actually thought I'd fight back in Australia. I'm on the next one. You know, we were looking at that as options, but you know, when Eddie texted through and and this was a uh, possibility, you know, we put all on hold and shifted all of our focus to this because you know, honestly, when you talk about being the face of boxing, Canelo Alvarez really is the face of boxing. You know, he sold out the stadium here, fifty thousand in in a couple of hours. Like it's just ridiculous. You know. It's going to have the most eyes on it. Like you said, I grew up watching Canelo Alvarez. I've I seen him fight Mayweather. I've seen him fight all the great fighters, you know, growing up. So now to be a part of, I guess, his legacy and not only that, but creating my own legacy as well along the way and forging my own path, you know, I'm bouncing off of him and, and, and using this as my leverage as well to, you know, create my, my career. So I'm super pumped and this is something I'm going to look back on in five years' time and be like, you know, I was I was there. I was a part of that and, you know, that was the 
the first big step and taken you know to the next level a lot of stuff you do which is great is you're a bit of a, a yes man in the sense of like you said we'll take the fights anywhere like we saw you went up two weight classes to fight tim zoo you went straight over to america to take on montana love when it looked like you might have been looking to do some more aussie fights but next minute bang we're over in uh, where was that uh cleveland wasn't it? Yeah, Cleveland, yeah, yeah, right. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, so, and then next minute you're there and then all of a sudden you're in the middle. It's just crazy how some of it can turn so quickly and obviously the stay ready mentality is what everyone says with fighters, but I guess you're living proof of that one. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's good to see people finally noticing that, you know, I take hard fights and, you know, I'm not scared to get in there. You know, at the end of the day, this is our job. And sometimes I do go, oh, all right, here we go again. Another big moment. You know, it's... um these are the moments I live for, honestly. Like, I want to have a career where I can look back on it and be proud of, you know, win, lose, or draw. I love this sport. I love how it makes me feel, you know, the anxiety, the fear, the excitement, the anticipation, the, the build-up, the, the everything, you know. It's it's such an exciting sport. And I think if you don't compete at the highest level, then, you know, you can't really – well, not at the highest level, I guess, but if you don't, you know, test yourself to the highest possibility yeah. that you think you're – capable of then you don't really know how much you are capable of you know i've always thought what if it turns out better than you'd expect you know like what if it turns out way better so i just keep jumping at these opportunities and and look where i am now i'm I'm making amazing money Uh, i'm in a good position i'm rated you know in in three of the organizations i'm not far far off getting a world title shot I can keep my winning ways going. There's one hell of a story for when you're uh, back drinking on the other side of the bar at the bowling club you were pouring beers at or something before Tim yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll have some hell stories. Remember that time I fought in Guadalajara, 50,000 Mexicans hating me? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something I want to be proud of when I finish my career and, and something I can talk about a career I can tell my kids about and my family and friends I can look back and, and just be super proud of. Um, I'm just really excited for this moment. I believe I'm, I'm going to be a world champion. And for me to say that and, and, and achieve that, I have to go out there and, you know, deal with these sorts of occasions and beat these kinds of opponents and beat them good. You know, it's all about experience. It's all about leveling up. And I, I believe this is another step up, another increment in my career where it's going to advance me closer to that world title. Yeah, well, your last opponent, Montana Love, for those that might not have caught it, a lot of us did because it was it was an experience. But look, he essentially launched it over the top rope. I'll go into bat for you every day of the week to say that you were comfortably winning that fight. And yeah, yeah. your next opponent suffered a loss to Montana Love as well. So he, he would have saw it was uh, your cards were swinging your way, regardless of what they look like. And like I, I think, you know, when you say I lost to Montana Love, Montana Love is a type of opponent that's like, He's a hard fight for anyone, you know. He was undefeated when I fought him, and that, and, he, and he's a hard fight because he is he's very good. Montana is a good, good fighter. Mm. I think he lacks a bit of mental strength and mental toughness. We thought that going into the fight, and you know, Golas, the guy I'm fighting, did drop him, and um, you know, he just struggled to put his foot on the gas because of how tricky Montana is. You know, he's a decent boxer on the back foot. You know, it was a close fight with him and Montana. He wasn't able to push the pace too much, but neither was Montana. You know, he didn't really step up and close the show either on him. So, you know, Montana has good pop in his shots. So I expect, you know, Gabriel Venezuela to have good pop in his shots. He's got 16 knockouts out of his wins, 26 wins. So, you know, that to me looks like a bloke who can punch hard. He's fighting in his hometown. You know, I'm expecting the hardest fight of my career. I really am because of, you know, where the fight is, what's at stake and, and who this man is and what he's fighting for. So I have to come over here with a, a clear head and, ready to pretty much go to a place that I probably haven't been before mentally and physically. So, you know, this last week, 
it's just about preparing the mind. You know, I'm fit. I've been training for this moment for 14, 15 years. You know, this isn't just a 10-week, 12-week training camp. This is 14 years in the making. And now it's just about doing the weight correctly, not burning too much energy on, on pointless stuff and getting the mind ready to go to war pretty much and block out all the bullshit and just be ready for the job at hand. I appreciate you talk about not burning energy on pointless stuff, but yet making time for the Punch Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sitting in bed, so it's all right. <laughs> That's good. Well, speaking of that training camp, um, Thailand was some of that, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was hard, mate. We do go to Thailand for our training camps just because of you know how hard the conditions are. And I'm now I'm here in Guadalajara. I'm so glad we did go to Thailand for that two and a half, three weeks. You know, we did a bit in Australia. We did some sparring there and got the body into a good spot. And then, you know, head over to Thailand, you know, it's 40, 42 degree days over there. You're sweating. It's, you know, you literally start sweating when you're tying up your shoelaces. You know, doing six round sparring there is like doing 12. Like it's just, the conditions are hard. The running's hard. You know, we had great sparring partners, um, former world title challenger, Apanan Kongsong, you know, and our former opponent of mine. We had yeah. some good boys over there. Joel Pavlidis come over from Australia and did some training with me and joined me in camp. You know, so it was a good setup and it served its purpose. You know, I've been in Guadalajara now for over a week. You know, John Ryder's not even here yet. None of the other fighters are here yet. We were here, you know, two and a half weeks early. Because of, you know, the altitude here, you're 16, 1700 metres above sea level. We wanted to get used to the temperature. The, you know just the environment i wanted to feel very relaxed and very comfortable by the time the fight got here so you know my next saturday night mate guadalajara is my home and i'm going to be very comfortable in that ring yeah and you are one of those fighters that turns the crowd obviously you're not a local so fifty thousand mexicans are going to think otherwise of you but until the final bell you you're one of those fighters that can turn a crowd like a cambosis tiafimo yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really do think that you know as much as i'm in enemy territory and it is his hometown and you know there's a lot stacked against me here and I know that, but I really believe that after this fight on Saturday night, you know, the 50,000 fans there are going to have a new favourite fighter, and that's going to be Stevie Spark. They're really going to love my boxing style. Like, I have a great style. I fight with everything I've got. You know, I put it on the line. I try and get the knockout every fight, and I really think they're going to resonate that, especially the Mexicans, you know. I have a great style for them to watch, and I hope I leave that arena with the respect of them all, with the respect of the whole world who's watching, and, you know, people can say, gee, that Stevie Spark can really fight. He's my new favorite fighter. That's what I want. You know, I just want as many people to love my style, support me to my world title, and and, and follow me on my dream. Yeah, well, run me through uh, what downtown Guadalajara is like. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. A lot of old buildings and stuff like that. We don't go walking around at nighttime, but during the day, mate, it's pretty good. We, we go for a walk in the morning, run or train, and it's a great area. You know, the people are really lovely here. You know, we got a Mexican friend, um, Joel Galios. He's here, and he's been helping us out and sort of navigating ins and outs of training and, and traveling and everything for us. So we can't thank him enough. Um, you know, we've known him for quite some years now. He's been a really big help. He actually helped us out with our Houston training camp for the, he lives in Houston, but he's Mexican. And you know, he helped us out with that one there as well. So he's been a great asset to the team. Can't thank him enough. And like I said, you know, the language barrier is a bit hard at times. So I'm getting pretty good at uh, Spanish. Uh-huh. A couple of things, that's about it. But no, it's good. The people here are great. Margarita and tacos, that's about me. Uh, I'm an old El Paso. Gracias. <laughs> Gracias. Gracias. There you go. Hola. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this last week's the most important now. And there's been some great people here, great sparring partners. We had. We got here early because we wanted to have a couple of sparring sessions here to get used to that, that altitude and the weather and, and, and just a feel of the country. And also, too, you know, this is going to be in a stadium outdoors. So, you know, this week coming, we'll do a couple of sessions outdoors just to, you know, get used to that cooler 
cooler weather at night, you know, it drops a bit cooler here. You know, I gather I'll be fighting around six o'clock, seven o'clock, something like that um, at night. So, you know, just, just so that outdoor feel as well can be a little bit different. So just trying to make when I get into the ring as, as comfortable as I can be. Yeah, I looked at that. So for Australia, it's actually going to be a main event, which is great, but it's going to probably, are we thinking maybe three, yeah. three on the Sunday? Yeah, that's, that'll be the main event. So yeah. um, for you guys, though, my fight, I'm the first televised fight on the card. Yeah. So I'll be around 10, 11 a.m., something like that. Okay. Um, televised cards on main event um, in back in Australia. So make sure you're there early if you are going to go to the pub to watch it. Um, if you're going to get it at home, make sure you get on nice and early and, and be ready to tune in for the Viking clap as I'm heading to the the arena. Yeah, just go by the wharf, watch the longboats roll out, and then here comes the Viking, ready to go. Bang. Ready to go. Bang. That's what's going to be great. be great. So what's fight week look like there? Have they got much lined up for you? Because obviously I know Cadello doesn't do things in halves. Yeah, look, mate, it's it's going to be great to be a part of this sort of card, this magnitude. It's um, It's a pretty cruisy week for us, you know. Like I said, the hard work's pretty much done. Now it's just about, you know, fine-tuning the body. You can't get any fitter seven days out. Like, you're seven days out from a fight. If you're not fit yet, well, tough luck. Like, it's too late. So now it's about freshening the body, doing sharp, short sessions and freshening the legs. And, you know, you've been depleting yourself for the last 12 weeks, you know, up and down, up and down training camp. So now it's about building the energy systems up and, and cutting that weight right. You know, I've got um, the performance dietitian on board now. Um, Rosalie, she's amazing. You know, she's helping me out with my weight cut. So I'm actually, you know, on track to, you know, be doing my weight better than I did it last time in, in Cleveland. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling great in my sessions. And yeah, it's just about cutting that weight perfect now. We weigh in Friday. So first off, we got a, I'm a part of the main press conference on the Wednesday. So that's where all us fighters will get a chance to talk and, and um, you know, talk about the fight and everything and, and be a part of that. And then the weigh-ins on Friday. And then Saturday, let's get it on. Let's dance. It's a pretty cruisy week, really. You know, we the only thing we'll probably adjust is I stay up a little bit later on fight weeks, you know, just to just to change that body clock a little bit. You know, you don't want to be getting to 6 p.m. at night and you're half falling asleep and you're drowsy. So stay up a little bit later and we, we sleep in, you know, I sleep into 9, 9.30, 10 a.m. And obviously, you know, start the day a little bit later just so by the time it gets to 6 p.m., my body's winding up and I'm starting to come alive and, and, and be awake. So. Yeah. That's another adjustment more we'll make this week. Yeah, time of fight is always a big thing, especially through time zones, whatever else. I see sometimes like when, let's say, when Cambosis had Haney at Rod Laver or even Marvel, like some of those fights were at 9.30 in the morning. I'm like, God, that's early to be to be doing 10 rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like obviously too, when we come from Thailand, and it is the same from Australia, like the time difference, you know, it's like 16 hours or something like that from Australia and 13 hours from Thailand. So you know, when it was daytime in Thailand when we were training, it's literally midnight here pretty much. So when we did that travel, you know, that's why we come in also two and a half weeks early, obviously to adjust to that time zone. You know, it takes a few days for your body to, more than a few days for your body to adjust and get that sleeping pattern right. I think that's one of the most important things as well as sleep. You know, this week is all about resting in between the sessions and getting adequate sleep. So, you know, but my body clock actually adjusted really well. When we got here, it only took me, you know, three or four days to really get in the rhythm of the sleep and you know i've been sleeping amazing so i can't complain well your uh, division is lighting up and obviously fellow aussie liam paro looking for a world title shot pretty soon a world eliminator to hopefully get into that as well you would be clipping at the heels of that you're ranked across three of the sanctioning bodies a win here will put you right up into that paro tiafimo sort of range what's the mud map yeah it's really good to see liam you know get his shot he's been sitting number one and number two buffering around that sort of one to three area for a long time 
Um, so it's about time he sort of got a little name into there, and he's in a tough fight. He, um, I see Matt Trim, I said the other day on main event that you know it'll depend on where that fight takes place and, and sort of who wins the purse bid. But I see Matt Trim have won the purse bid, so that's a positive for Liam. And um, I, I do believe that the fight's going to take place in America, though, which you know could be a little bit harder for Liam. Might favour Barboza. So I don't know. I think that's a very tough fight for Liam. It's a 50-50 fight. But I mean, when you're at this level and you are uh, on that top tier fight for world titles, they're all hard fights. None of them are easy. And um, you know, I wish him all the best, and I hope he, um, you know, wins that fight. For me, obviously, it's it's obviously a potential fight there um, for myself and Liam eventually, maybe. So, you know, if we can um, both keep winning, who knows how big that fight can be back home in Australia. You know, a promoter's dream would, you know, mean him fight for the world title back in Australia. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. But myself, you know, it's just all about winning on May 6th against Gabby Oven as well. You know, he's a hell of a fighter, a hell of a champion, and we respect him totally. But I'm, I'm here to take this man out, and I'm, I'm going to try and knock this man out. I don't want to let it go to the scorecards. People want entertainment, and people want knockouts. So if I'm willing, I get through Gabrielle. You know, I, I don't look past opponents, but I look through them. To be honest, a fight that I really, really think would be amazing would be me and myself against Ryan Garcia. You know, he'd just come off a loss to Tank Davis. Now he's said that he's going to be permanently moving up to 140. And respectfully, all love from my side, but I'd love to welcome him to the 140 division. <laughs> um, permanently, and uh, you know, I think that's a hell of a fight. We're two young champions, um, two great fighters, and with huge knockout ratios, you know, that fight would be huge back in Australia or in America, wherever it'd be huge anywhere. And I think it's a great fight for the fans, um, one for the ages. But you know, ultimately, the goal is to keep winning. I have to keep winning, keep moving up the ranks. You know, I win here, I hopefully go in the top six, top five in the world with you know the the organisations. And um, you know, when you're in that spot there, you, you you're one call away from an eliminator or anything like that. So I honestly just need to keep winning and keep fighting. You know, Matchroom do have a great stable of one forty pound fighters. You know, there's myself, Liam Parra, Richard Hitchinson. You know, they've got I've got a mental blank right now, but they've got some Jack Catterall. Yeah. Um, you know, and I hear Regis Pregaeus might be signing. He's the WBC world champion. He might be signing with Matchroom. So, you know, the more that are with Matchroom, the better for us because it makes matching these fights a lot easier. And um, you know, not having the two different promoters off against each other and the networks and stuff. So hopefully we can make some big fights later this year, but I want to win this next fight and I'm, I'm going to hit Eddie up for a homecoming fight. I'd love to fight back in Australia um, after this one. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, you mentioned the um, the cards there as well. Is that a concern for you in Mexico somewhat? If you don't go to the cards, then that's, that's a very easy way to look at it. But obviously, Dennis oh. Hogan saw, saw what happens when you go over there in Mexico and sometimes it might not be the fairest. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I... I went to Cleveland and I wasn't getting a fair shake on them scorecards yeah. either. But, you know, luckily I've got a style where, you know, I, I generally don't have to rely on the judges too much. Um, you know, 14 knockouts out of 16 fights and dropped pretty much everyone. But it's, um, no, I, 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 I believe the judges will do the right thing and, and it's up to me to make sure I win the fight convincingly. It's up to me to win the fight in a good manner and, and make sure I win the rounds if it, if it does go the distance to make sure I win this fight convincingly. And so I should have to. I'm defending my WPA belt. So I need to fight like the champion, and that's what I intend on doing. Is it true that you've requested a fifth top rope just to make sure you stay in or a cage? <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should talk to Matt Trim now. Eddie, can yeah. we get an extra rope attached on the, yeah. this ring? Yeah. yeah, the top one can be electric. Yeah, <laughs> You never know. Well, look, I know uh, we'll all be watching and we'll all be cheering and uh, as the long boats roll into Guadalajara and you go and uh, – Get another victory under your belt, and one that you just keep taking. I think I think you almost deserve after this uh, one that you can just sort of breathe a little bit. But look, it's a uh, stay ready spark as they call him. He's 
He's ready yeah, to go thanks. in Guadalajara. And uh, look, if you do one thing over the next week as well, it's buddy up with Canelo because I had Eddie Hearn on this podcast talking about his house and apparently his ranch is just off its head. Really? Yeah, there's toys, there's he's got equestrian horses, he's got buggies that do burnouts. It's There's actually a tour on YouTube, which I saw, but Eddie said, he goes, I went there and he goes, I got the whole thing. It was nuts. So Yeah, he's uh, look, he's worked hard for what he has, Canelo. He's... Uh, Definitely got the fruits of his labour and he's sacrificed a lot over the years. So I don't doubt he's got some nice cars and a nice ranch and all that. But it's nuts. Yeah, as a fighter myself, it's pretty cool to be a part of this event, you know, and, and see the possibilities that are available to us fighters. So all I got to do is keep winning and, and the world's my oyster, mate. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. But if I look back at my career two years ago where I was and to where I'm now, it's just, it's a pinch yourself moment. And, you know, I just want to keep being a part of these massive matches nights, you know. And also, too, I want to give a you know special thanks to my trainer manager, Brendan Smith. You know, he he sacrifices a lot to be away over here, too. You know, we've been away from home nearly six weeks doing the training camp and being here. So he's missed his family and his son's birthday and everything. So, you know, sometimes the trainers don't get enough of that accolades. You know, they're on that. You know, they, they miss out on all that as well. So and go unnoticed. So I can't thank him enough for what he's done. And, you know, hopefully I go out there and, and do him proud and, and my country proud, you know. I'm, I'm very proud of my efforts so far, but you know, there's one job left to do and I hope I make everyone proud back home. I hope they all tune in and you know it's going to be a, a fantastic Sunday afternoon in Australia on main events, so make sure you tune in. Yeah, and then straight after the fight, you've just pretty much got a smorgasbord of food over there as well, so make sure you enjoy it. You know what, <laughs> we've been talking about like the Sundays is going to be freaking amazing. I'm going to eat that much food. Gonna definitely drink that many beers. Yeah, um, you're in the home right, of Corona. We yeah. actually be able to, you know, get out and see a little bit of, um, you know, Mexico on the Sunday, and you know, Joel's going to take us around and a few bars and a few food, and you know, we don't fly out till the Monday, so you know, which I'm also excited for. You know, get back home to Australia, and then I go on a nice holiday. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be, going be exciting times. But I'm just going to, you know, keen to get out there and, and get a great win against Gabriel. One thing that's crazy, I, I someone sent me the odds today on sports bet. A dollar sixty-seven this time. Not as good as the twelve dollar odds we had against Montana Love, but I've gone into this favorite fight, the favorite. But unfortunately, you know, the bookies don't always have it right. So, you know, not taking any notice of that, but everyone will have to go on the knockout bonus, I think, or something like that. Well, it's nice that the bookies finally know what we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably thought yeah. someone probably got sacked last time when they uh let those odds stay at twelve dollars yeah. and that and yeah fifty dollars on the round pick and stuff so someone got the sack and this time they weren't yeah. making that mistake again yeah we slept on spark last time uh we won't be doing that but no look we love it um look if you want to get that extra 67 cents to the dollar it's a, it's almost a sure thing with with Stevie spark so go and get on mate appreciate you stopping by and having a chat as always it's always awesome to have you on and as you know we're always we're always flying the flag for you so go and uh go and knock out some mexicans and um come back home Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. There he goes, Stevie Spark. What a nice guy, and you'll always uh, enjoy the chats with him we have here on the Punch Podcast. And to continue to do that, I'd love you to swing by the Apple Podcast platform and uh, leave a review, leave a comment. Five stars the hell out of it, and uh, that'll help, obviously, uh, get people like Stevie back onto the podcast as well. And uh, look, some future big names still on the horizon as well, which I'm lining up for you currently. So uh, some good stuff coming your way. So subscribe. You'll get the podcasts each and every week as they pop up online you'll get a little notification to be able to hear it straight away so uh, a big thanks to stevie again for today at stevie spark on instagram give him a follow you'll get that whole fight week from guadalajara mexico as he lines up on the canelo rider undercard and uh he's gonna walk out into a stadium to a packed house of 
50,000 screaming Mexicans against him. So uh, as we did say in this podcast, we have no doubt by the end of the fight, he'll uh, turn him into Stevie Spark fans. It's just what he does. He did it in Newcastle on Tim Zoo. He's done it many times since. And obviously recently in Cleveland, uh, that crowd once... Um, Montana Love threw him over the top rope. They were on the gram just fully backing Stevie saying that Montana got beat. So he does have that power to turn a crowd and you'll no doubt see that again in Guadalajara, Mexico uh, at the end of this week. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Share it with someone. That's a little job for you today too. But that is us done, dusted. The Punch Podcast is out. <laughs>